things that go along with that. And I came home, and I, you know, I, and you know, that's, and I, I wasn't shocked to feel that, and so I wasn't like beating myself up about it, or I wasn't confused, but nonetheless, the sorrow was pretty heavy, and I was trying to shake it off as like an eight-hour ride, and it just really didn't happen. And I got home, you know, of course, I was praying about it because, you know, where do you take things that like that? You take it to the Lord, right? But uh, yesterday and the day before, you know, same thing. It just kind of was so heavy on me, and I, and I was just thinking about it. You know, sometimes we have to take the journey of sorrow. It's not a moment, a moment uh, of sorrow, but sometimes it's kind of a journey that lasts however long it lasts. And um, I was just thinking about it uh, last night, and I, and I just had this uh, vision of me at the house of God here with you guys, and I imagined myself being there at the altar and praying about it, it just that like my heart wanted to be there. Like I looked forward to like bringing this situation uh, to the altar here at life with you guys. And and uh, there was an immediate thought that said, "Well, why do you have to wait to bring this, you know, to God uh, to this altar at, at the church?" And you know, so immediately I began to kind of browbeat myself. And yeah, you can pray. And I said, "Well, I've been praying, I, you know, but but then the Lord." dealt with me about the fact that today is Connection Sunday, and uh, we're and we're we're really trying to have trying to focus in on uh, to be intentional about connecting with one another. You know, the body of Christ, and the Lord was like, you you have that desire because yes, there's a time and a place to pray about your things by yourself in your secret place, but He has also provided this place to provide a special place where we can come together. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them, you know. So there is a strength, there's a power. There's a different different kind of prayer and experience with God that happens when we're at the altar. And so it refreshed me, and I was excited about that, and I couldn't wait to make it to the house of the Lord with my family. In joy, we joy together. And in sorrow, we sorrow together. When you cry, my heart hurts. And when you laugh and choke, I feel like laughing and jumping also, even if in my heart I'm sorrowing. So thank you for being here to be part of the house of God, the people of God, my church family. Well, that's not really what I'm talking about today, but I felt compelled to say that. I do want to give God honor uh, for my boys and my wife. Uh, he's just been so good to me and all the things he's done. Through that experience, it's just it's so interesting to see the evolution of all the things God is doing, uh, not just in my life, but in my family and all those things. And I give God all the glory for that. I want to give honor to Pastor and, and his wife for what they're doing, all the things that uh, are going on around here. You know, it starts at the top and it, and it goes down. So we have, we've got some great leaders there. Of course, I want to give a shout out to Elder Wilson. You know, he has he has left us here. On earth, but he is now experiencing his reward. I'm a little jealous. You know, he has made it. Uh, he, but he did his time. You know, he, he paid his dues, and we're thankful uh, for him coming here in 1978 and setting up that tent uh, so that we could carry on and hopefully in the future we can exchange what he was doing for, you know, something to cover up them other three acres over there a little bit bigger than this. We did have our largest service last Sunday. Uh, since COVID uh, with our all nation service. So that's cool. So we're just kind of getting back to being too full. Uh, so God is good. I do want to give honor to all of my fellow ministers. Uh, you guys are awesome. And, and anyone who's taken the 
the call that God has given you in your life and you put it over your shoulders and you said, let's do this. You know, I want to give you honor this morning. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Brother Steve can help me up on the big screen. There it should be. Whoa, that's a big space. I think it's because it's uh, highlighted with colors that aren't working on the screen. But I'll read it. And it'll be a secret, I guess, to you guys until we get there. <laughs> Exodus 16.4 Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them. And that's what it says there. No, a certain rate every day. That I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. They will gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law. Brother Parks, would you pray? Lord, your word is living and your word is everlasting, O oh God. Oh Lord, as we leave this earth, as this world goes away, your word tells us your word will stand forever. So, Lord, open our ears and let us realize the living word and how it manifests itself in our lives, that we may leave this building today, Lord, not only connected as a body, Lord, but that we can apply this to our lives and be changed. Lord, bless the speaker today, anoint him, give him the words that you put in his heart. Oh, God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So... I want to uh, talk for a few minutes today on the subject of no preservatives. No preservatives. Now, it is Connection Sunday, and Pastor informed me that I was going to be speaking today. And I was like, well, it's Connect Sunday. That's easy. You know, I know what to talk about. You know, so I kind of just was like, great. You know, now I just have to figure out what I'm going to talk about with Connect Sunday. And as I began to put things together, you know, just, you know, thoughts and praying and throughout the week or whatever, it, it just, it just wasn't happening. I, I, I was trying and I was like, it's like trying to start an engine of like a, like a, like a weed eater or a blower, you know, you're pulling it and you're pulling it, it's making sounds and it's, but it just wasn't getting going and I was like, okay, well maybe, well let, let me, let me just take the whole connection thing off and let me see what the Lord does and the Lord began to do uh, another uh, lead me down another path that didn't really I tried all throughout my putting this together to connect it to Connection Sunday and it didn't I couldn't even force it I'm pretty good at forcing things to make it work but this didn't work so what I figure is all I can say is you know the Lord was having wanting to say a little something this morning to us that are in here particularly uh, that outside of what's going to be happening after this service. You know, we can only live in the moment. We can only get from God what we're going to get from God right here, right now. So that's what we're doing. We are here to see what saith the Lord. Hopefully I, I speak well for him here this morning in these things. Now, I, I have to warn you, this isn't revelationary. This isn't, this is very basic, what the Lord laid on my heart. And sometimes I, I try to make things a little bit more complicated just so it sounds like I'm more smarter uh, and stuff. You know, and so try to, you know, but it's just simple and basic. And God, I believe that's how God wants it here this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 16, verse 15 through 21 says, 
Well, that's a pretty small Bible. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered, and some more, and some less. And when they did meet it with the omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. And they gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. When the sand, when the sun waxed hot, it melted. So we see here God has given the plan for provision for the children of Israel here in the desert. He said, you're going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be bread on the ground. You're going to get enough for you to eat that day. And then tomorrow you're going to have to do it all over again. And so, you know, you begin to, to look at this and you begin to wonder, like, he also told Aaron, he, he told Aaron, the priest, uh, he said, look, I want you to go out and I want you to take a pot and I want you to gather up manna, put it in that pot and then put that in the ark as, as, so to show people, you know, through generations that, that I'm a God, I'm a provider, you know, so and every day they wake up, there was still manna in that pot. So why, why are we going to put manna, why would God give them manna that was going to last forever in a pot, but they had to gather every day? I mean, he could have done the same thing that he, he did uh, with their, Exodus 16, says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein, and lay it up for the Lord to be kept for generations. He could have done like he did with, it, the, with their sandals and their clothes. In Deuteronomy 29 and 5, it says, And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing upon you old, and your shoes are not waxing old upon your feet. So he gave them sustaining shoes, and he gave them sustaining clothes. I'm sure, like, you know, Sister Crush would be like, uh-uh, I'm not wearing them same old sandals every day. You know what I'm saying? I need to, you know, she's probably going around and picking like little desert flowers and putting them on trying to spruce it up. You know what I'm saying? That's the way she goes. You know, but but she, too bad, so sad. She got the same tunic for 40 years. You know, it did not weather. And that's what I, you, sometimes I want to buy a new pair of shoes. And I'm like, well, I've already got a couple of pairs. I'll wear them out first. I've been wearing the same pair of old rusty Adidas, you know, for 40 years because they just didn't wear out. So, I mean, it, the man, I could have been like that. But no, God said, Every day, every day you're going to wake up and if you want to eat something, if you want to be sustained, if you need, if you want nourishment, then you're going to have to gather the man. Why? 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 Why, would, why wouldn't he just give them what they needed every day? Why have this thing where they have to wake up every day and gather it before the sun comes out? Well, let's do a quick a quick history here of how we got here, right? Because, I mean, sometimes we just plop ourselves in the middle of the scenario and we're like, wait, where are we and how did we get here? So we're talking about the Israelites, all right? The Israelites are 
the son of Jacob. Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons. So these 12 sons are bopping along and doing their thing. They've got their wives, they've got a few kids, and they are, all of a sudden, there's this brother named Joseph that nobody likes but dad. And Joseph gets sold into slavery and ends up in Egypt, where our story is unfolding. And he becomes second in command. Over time, there's a, there's a famine in the land. He becomes second in command. A lot of us have probably heard the story a thousand times. So, you know, that all went down. And so in becoming second in command, and because of the severe drought in the land, Joseph brings his whole family from where they were outside of Egypt into Egypt so that they could be sustained. And, and the Pharaoh was cool with this. Actually, he was like, go get, he told Joseph to go get his family and bring him in. So their family lands in Egypt and everything is good because Joseph has been putting back food for everyone. Everybody's good and everything's good for a while. And then the current Pharaoh passes away and a, and a generation is, is gone and a new generation arises and a new Pharaoh arises who does not know Joseph and does not know the family. And, they, and he begins to look around and realizes that it says that the children of Israel were becoming more than the Egyptians. And he began to be concerned and afraid that this group of people was, were large enough to overwhelm them if ever there was a battle they could connect with the enemy and, and fight against them. And so he decides that he's going to run the children of Israel off and begins to uh, put taskmasters on them and, and make them into slaves and, and do all these hard and mean things uh, just to get them out of there, to make them uncomfortable and get out of this place. But the children of Israel were hard-headed. And they stuck around, and not only did they stick around, but it said that the more that they persecuted them, the more that they multiplied. So year after year, the children of Israel became more and bigger and more people and more people. And the Pharaoh was putting more and more uh, tasks on them, making their lives harder and harder until Moses is born. And we know more Moses is, grows up, and eventually he becomes called to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. The children of Israel... Follow Moses through the parting of the Red Sea. That's a, that's a very important concept. They, they went through the water. And then when they got on the other side of the water, there was a cloud that guided them by day and a fire by night. And so they went through the water and they began to follow after the Spirit of the Lord in the, in the reference of a cloud and, a, and the fire. And so they get there and then they get hungry for some reason. They got, you know, they left everything behind. They had their pots and their pans and their, their corn and their melons and their, all their food was back there. So, yeah, we're out of slavery and, yeah, we're out of Egypt, but we're still hungry. We still got to be fed. We still got to have some nourishment. And so God says, well, this is how we're going to do it. This is the plan. So here we are in the middle of the desert. And God said, I'm going to make bread show up every morning. You're going to walk out your tent. You're going to fill up your pot with the bread that you need that day. Now, don't leave it till the morning. Because if you leave it till the morning, it's going to grow worms and it's going to stink. So just take what you need for the day and everything will be okay. So that's how we landed where we are. That's how we got to where we are. The challenge that God had. Now, I can't speak for God. All I can do is look at the scriptures and use my brains to try to pull some things out that make worthy of a lesson. So you got to, whenever I say God said, or this is why God did that, take it with a grain of salt, because I'm just, 
you know, I'm shooting from the hip here because I'm not God, okay? But what I think God's major challenge with the children of Israel is, you had, the Bible says, 600 men, 600,000 men walked out of, e out of Egypt. The Bible says not including women and children. So we have 600 men, every man has a woman, and every family has at least one kid. You're talking about 600,000 times three, and that's what, like 1,800,000 people, okay? This is 1,800,000 people that have had generations of poverty and slavery. They have learned how to be slaves. They have been taught by their previous generation how to be slaves. No one in this current set of people knows what it means to be free. No one in this current 1,800,000 people knows what it's like to live without bondage, not in poverty. So God has some work to do. Every day these people would wake up with their list of chores that they would have to do in submission to their taskmasters. And these chores weren't really meant to get stuff done. These chores were meant to make their life hard so they would regret even being in Egypt. So everything they did was under the browbeating taskmaster of slavery. And it was a terrible way to live, but they had to find a way to survive and function. They had to develop ways of thinking and ways of acting within poverty and slavery so that they could maintain and sustain a life while they still would get married and have kids. Their kids, would they would have to teach their kids how to, how to navigate this world and this land of poverty and slavery. And, and it was rough, but it's all they knew. And then all of a sudden this dude says, follow me, the, the seas part. And now we're following after a cloud of fire at night. I mean, this pretty wild little change of scenario. You know, for the older folks, they were probably, you know, the kids were, I bet everybody was just looking at this whole thing all different kinds of ways. So God had to do some things. He had some things to work out of the children of Israel. They were free from the Egyptians, but they were still slaves to attitudes and mentalities and habits. They'd been raised in a culture that taught them that they were slaves and always would, but, and they would have nothing for themselves. He wasn't teaching them how to be poor and to live off little. That's where people sometimes stop and look at this and be like, well, yeah, we need to be content. We need to, you know, we, we just need to live off. No, God didn't send them into the desert to live in the desert. God sent them into the desert because between poverty and slavery was the promised land. Before they could get to the promised land that was flowing with milk and honey, abundance, beauties, all the wonders of the world that they could wake up and walk out and eat a grape the size of a man's head. They had to go through a desert. And in this desert, they needed to learn some things. The promised land would have been a curse to them if they didn't learn what they needed to learn about the man in the wilderness. You know, the Bible says that when they got to the promised land, what happened? The man stopped. I know that was a pretty rough question. It's like, I, I mean, lots of things happened the other day. The man has stopped. So it, God was using the manna to teach them some things. And I believe that God wasn't just using the manna to teach them some things. I believe that God will, can continue to help us 
today to learn some things about the concept of the man. I think one of the things that he was trying to teach the children of Israel and us is that God is enough. God is enough. Amen. As a slave and, and, and living in poverty, you never feel like you have enough. You, you, whenever there's an opportunity for something, you, you, it's ravaging. You, you, you. I remember when I was a kid, you know, five sisters, four brothers, people always living in the house. It was just chaos, bedlam. It was kind of a cutthroat. I was one of the older ones and the bigger ones, and so it was a little easier for me to navigate the situation because when the pizza came, I just started throwing elbows. And I grabbed me a few pieces and I run upstairs before mom started yelling at me to share with everybody else. Everybody's going to eat too, then. You know? So whenever I saw an opportunity, whenever I saw provisions, I would hoard them. I would try to, we used to get government assistance and I don't know where it came from or how we got it, but there would be a box that mom would bring into the house and it was this black and white packaging and it would say, you know, like juice and cheese and stuff like that. I mean, and I remember going down and when the, when nobody was looking, I, I'd grab a, grab a can of juice, you know, from the kitchen and I'd, I'd run upstairs and I'd find some way to pop a hole in the top of the can and I'd hoard it, I'd save it because I wasn't used to having my regular needs met. So when I saw an opportunity for me to meet my own needs, I would hoard it and I would fight about it. I, I, had, I had a poverty mentality. But I mean, when you're in poverty, you have to think like that. Only the strong survive when there's not much around. You, people are going to get what they get, and people that don't, they get, you know? And so, you know, the children of Israel had a slavery mentality, and, and we saw this happen immediately with them. You know, the, the, the manna, you said, just gather enough for today. And the children of Israel, I'm sure that first day, they went and just filled their buckets, filled their, their tunics and bread, and they're like, woo! You know, I got, I got bread for weeks. You know, and, and the Lord's like, no, 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 guys, I'm going to sustain you every day. I'm going to take care of you every day. I, I'm going to have everything you need. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to hoard the blessings anymore. You don't need to take more than what you need for today. Today, I'm going to give you what you need for today. But they didn't trust him and they didn't believe him. So he's like, well, I guess we're going to have to. We're going to have to do the whole stinky worm thing. If y'all still thinking y'all are going to trust me on a daily basis with my provision, I'm going to have to make your blessing stink. If we can't trust God on the daily with his provisions, then the provisions that we've hoarded are going to start to stink. The things that we trust in, rely on, it's just going to be a curse to us. God is seeking for us to find the daily balance in our provision. Philippians 4 and 11 says, Not that I speak in the respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, low, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed to be both full and hungry, and both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 said, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God's grace is sufficient for us today 
if we will just understand that today is a new day and God has a new batch of blessings and provisions for us. If we would just cast off the worries and fears that yesterday has brought us and understand that today is a new day and God wants to do a new thing with the new things that he's offering us here this morning. I believe that he's teaching us through the manner that his mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3 and 22 through 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. 23, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God wants us to know that he's ready each morning with fresh mercy. He knows that we're going to mess up. He knows that we fight against slave mentalities. He is ready each morning with a fresh batch of mercies. Just as the manna began to grow worms and stink, if it was left till the next morning making it unable to eat, so God's mercies must be applied fresh and new every day. Yesterday's prayers and yesterday's manna is only good for them. We have got to wake up and we need to fill our own. We need to wake up and gather. Take some time to grab what we need from the day from the miraculous provision of the Lord. We have got to come out of Egypt and we need to eat the manna. God had some, God had the promised land ready for the children of Israel. A land flowing with milk and honey. God had the provision in the desert for them. Not only the manna, but they, 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 they bopped a little bit after a while just eating the manna. They're like, man, come on. Can we get a little something else? I mean, at least in Egypt, we were eating melons and we can eat food and we can eat all these variety of things. And all we have here is the manna. You know, you think God would stop short of this and, and just like slap them around a little bit to teach them a lesson, you know, be, be good with what you got, you know. But I believe God, you know, he, he feels what we feel. He, he, he understands. And he said, you know what? He showed mercy. He showed favor to us. He said, okay, look, look, I understand. Here, I did, I already, all you need is the man. But I'm going to give you a little bit more than what you need because I understand and I love you. And so he said, I'm going to send you meat. And he caused a wind to blow and some pigeons and doves or whatever they were, some birds that they could eat, got blown into their scenario. And just, can you imagine just a bunch of birds flapping around like that? And everybody's all they've been doing is eating bread like on a Daniel fast. And they're like, oh yeah, meat, baby. And they went and, you know, cooking chicken wings and doing all kinds of stuff, you know. You know, God's like, I got you, I got you. And that, 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 kept them, that kept them for a couple days. You know, and then they started whining again. And, and that's what you get with people who have slave mentalities is they're never appreciative of the things that they have because they always feel like they have to have more. But you can't blame them. We can't be hard on them because they have lived a life where they never were satisfied. They've lived a life where they've never had enough. So when they do have enough, they're always seeking more because at any point to a person that's in poverty, at any point to a person who's been a slave, this could all go away and I'll be back to zero again. What, what God was trying to teach them is, no, that's not going to happen with me. Yes, that might happen with the Egyptians. Yes, that might happen when we're not living for a life uh, pleasing to the Lord. But if you will follow me, God says, 
every day I'm going to take care of you. I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor begging for bread. God is going to take care of us. He's not going to leave us stranded, but sometimes we got to go through the desert and, and learn how to live off the sustainment of God. And if we can learn how to live off of the daily sustainment of God, we're going to find there's going to be some promised lands in our life. We're going to see where we don't, we don't just get what we need, but God takes us to a place where we can be in a place of abundance, but we have to learn in the desert before we can get to the promised land. So the children of Israel, they're in Egypt, but before God could provide, they had to come out. They had to leave Egypt. And this is where we're going to, we're just going to kind of we're going to bring it around here. We're, I'm not going to take too much time here, but, you know, God is God is trying to do things in our life, right? He's trying to help us. He's trying to sustain us. He's trying to, to bring us out of poverty mindsets, slavery mindsets. He's trying to help us how to learn how to trust him and, and how to, to get to and live in a land of abundance. And, and, and to do this, we've got to come out of Egypt. God is providing some supernatural ways for us to get out of the things that we are in, the situations that our life decisions have put us in. We are stuck in these places, and God is providing the miraculous water to be separated of the Red Sea. God is calling us out of Egypt, and we have to go through that water. I've heard a lot of times that that water is, is, is anagalous. Anagalous, I just made that up. It's a lot like... <laughs> Baptism. You know, we got to go through the water. The Bible says, you know, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God. So after they go through the Red Sea, they, all of a sudden this cloud pops up and he goes, just follow the cloud. Just follow me. Just follow the Spirit of God. So as long as they're following after the cloud during the day, the sun ain't scorching them up. And as long as they're following after the fire by night, they're not freezing to death. And that's what God is calling us to. Hey, we need to be baptized, and we need the Spirit of God in our life leading and guiding us, not just during the day, but also during the night. God's Spirit inside of us leading. we got to go through the water. we got to follow after the cloud. Only then could they part participate. Only then could the children of Israel participate in the miraculous provision that God had supplied to them. And God is calling us today, if we haven't done any of these things, if, is, if Egypt is still on our mind, if we're still in a place where we feel like we're still in Egypt, we're trusting in this world and the things of this world, some things that have us in slavery, some things that are causing us to have a poverty mindset where we, where we just can't be content and we can't figure out how to live by God's provisions. God is calling us out today. And he's not going to leave us hanging. He's not just saying, I'm calling you out of Egypt and you got to make your own way. God will provide a miraculous way out of Egypt if we will stand up and begin to walk toward the Red Sea. That's what God is wanting and needing us to do today. John 6 and 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna. They are dead. But he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. God is wanting to lead us and guide us today to a place where we can trust him, we can partake in him. And not only is he going to keep us here today for now, but he's going to keep us through eternity. If we will trust him, if we will commit to ourselves each day, let's walk outside of our tent before the day gets hot. And let's reach down and gather up our manna, the daily provisions of God. 
and we will see the miraculous. We'll see the miraculous in sustainment. We'll see the miraculous in abundance. But we have to submit to God's plan so he can do the things that he wants to do. If we can stand to our feet here this morning, God is good. He's reaching out to us today. He's wanting to speak to us about some things. He's wanting to do some things. So let's take a few moments in prayer here this morning as we, we have a few minutes before we can get out of here. Lord God, we sure do thank you for all the things that you do and all that you've done, the things that we know about that you've done, God, that, that are awesome and we can put our finger on it, God, and we can praise you for it and we can share with people about it. But God, we also thank you for the things that we have no clue that you're doing for us, the spiritual, the miraculous, that we can't even wrap our head around that you're doing. Help us to believe and reach to you by faith, God, to continue to follow hard after you, Lord, as you continue to do the things that you're planning to do. Help us to be submissive to you, God. Help us to be submissive to your plan. May our heart call out to us in the morning of a place of prayer where we can gather our daily manna, Lord, where we can lay our life at your feet, Lord God, where we can get your spirit in our life and fold. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We need you, God. We need you, God. We reach out to you, Lord, calling. Lord, that you'd move in every one of our scenarios and situations. God, everyone has a unique circumstance, God. And I pray that you would show up and show out in their lives, God. I pray. Yeah, I speak peace. I speak strength, God, into this place. Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would do things, God, that we can't even imagine. May testimonies be formed in our submission and obedience, God, to following hard after you. Holy is your name, God. Holy is your name, God. Mighty is your name, God. We give you glory. Honor, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's pray. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus.
socializing within the church. I know we want to take some time to reach out and speak to folks that maybe we haven't spoke to before, maybe we haven't spoke to in a while, and not be in a hurry about it. That's one of the challenges with, with the gathering of the body of Christ. It serves, time starts at a certain time, and everybody gets in real quick, and service time is over, and everybody kind of leaves. So there's very few times in between that we have to kind of chat, meet, mingle. So I just wanted to shut down a little early this morning and give us some time to go find somebody. We, we got our cool little name tags on, in case you forgot my name, you know. You don't have to act like you know it. You can just read off my chest, you know. So anyway, we're going to pray. And when I, when I get done praying, I just want to invite you to go to the coffee shop, grab me a coffee, grab me a muffin, grab me a candy bar, find a place to go chat with somebody. Let's just take a few minutes. We've got until 11.30 church. That's like 40 minutes. So, I mean, that's plenty of time for us to, you know, what happened? Did I say what I said? Huh? 11. 11 o'clock. I might still be in Alabama time, I don't know. But uh, let's pray. Hey, Lord, we sure do love you. Thanks for not leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you for, for providing for us daily, God. I pray, Lord, that as we get ready to leave this moment of prayer and of the word, that you would help us remind us in the morning, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord stir our hearts, Lord, to a place of prayer so that we can get the sustainment that we need and take it all away to the cross. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say Amen. 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 You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
want to break this guy in. You want to fly him. You like trying to crush his hand. You see me like in the contest. I don't want to. Yeah, you gotta show your friend. Yeah.